2: Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chan TV. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. You're in tally. I hope you've been outside. Man, what a day, huh? Perfect. As we continue to bask in the glory of another victory for Florida State and a lopsided one at that. Knowles win and win big. Now they got to find a way to win a basketball game. By the way, that is um, that's tonight, right?
3: Yes, and the game time has been moved to 8 p.m. so that it can be carried by our great friends at the ACC Network.
2: Okay. That's interesting.
3: For locals that are saying, "Whoa, whoa, what are you talking?" Yeah, don't show up early and be like, "Hey, wh- where's the basketball?" 8 p.m. tonight, 8 p.m. We're start 0 and 2 in the Leonard Hamilton uh,
2: regime. We've never we've never had oh and 2 start like this, so it's unfortunate. Um I, I, Tommy, I, I, I don't want to lead the hour with it. I just I, We're playing tonight, so you have to bring it up, and it makes me sad that I'm reluctant to bring it up. I don't see the answers. That's the problem. Like It's different when you see a team that needs to grow and there's a lot of opportunities for this kid to emerge and maybe they'll mix the lineup and do this and that. I don't see the answers. Now, our
3: coach said it all when he appeared on this particular program. He said, we're going to have to play completely differently than we usually do. That's never a good sign. When a head coach is willing to say, "Yeah, well, you, you we do things one way, and we've got to go the other."
2: Yeah, we had the injuries, um, and then you had the suspension, and now you look at that backcourt. I, I think the other thing, and the only thing I'll, I'll I'll leave basketball alone for a minute, but something's something's not right with Matthew Cleveland. He, I don't, I'm confused. He doesn't. It's two games, but.
3: this doesn't feel it's it's probably a a a season that you just say all right all right all right and when it's over all right next year all right that's probably where we're going here
0: well
2: okay that's the off season will give us the 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 football off season will give us a chance to kind of talk about what that means
3: we'll see how much that i'm just saying what that (laughs) means you
2: know obviously like when you start going man i can't wait for baseball I can't legit. Well, no, I know. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it as well. Uh, But for Florida State, uh, it's another week where uh, they bully the opponent. And we talked about the the run game and and how Florida State just absolutely – dominates people at the line of scrimmage in a way we could never have guessed before the season. And that just continues to be the theme for me over and over and over again. Yes, they're better at wide receiver. Yes, Jordan Travis is better. I love watching Trey Benson run the football. They've got good backs. They've got a lot of things going for them right now that are all, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. I got it. But that offensive line, man. Because it's not like Syracuse's defense has been terrible.
3: No, it's it it was top 15 entering that game. And, and they got manhandled. And they had some issues in terms of being banged up at certain positions, but when you are as multifaceted as this offense is. You know, typically when you face an offense it's oh, they've got a running quarterback who makes things happen, so you got to get him to the ground and if you let him break the pocket, you're screwed. Yeah. Or man, they just line up and run the football. They don't have great receivers, but it doesn't matter because they just go power and they run right at you. Or They throw the ball 50 times a game, got good receivers, it's a good scheme. We could do any of those things. We could do any of those things any week. It's
2: um, the ability to implement a game plan uh, that you desire centered around whatever it is that you want to attack because you know that you can either do it throw in the football 40 times in a game or you can run it 40-plus times in a game. And and either one will work because you have the the ability to do it, to block it up in pass protection or to bully you in the run game. It's phenomenal. It's the story of the season. It's certainly the story of the second half of the season. Really, you kind of go back to their ability to do that against Clemson. And, you know, we, we're looking at that going, all right. And that first half you did it against NC State. So we were looking at those defenses saying, Well, oh, and he did it against LSU. So there, there have been moments where the personnel of the opposing team was not in question, and you were able to do that. So I think it's a real thing. I don't think it's a byproduct of just Syracuse and Georgia Tech and obviously some bad football teams that we've played as of late. Now, I, I think it's I think it's, it's what Florida State's emerged to, and I think they'll have a little less success against Florida doing that, but not, not a ton less. I mean, that, that Florida Florida's had plenty of games where they gave up a ton of yards. And again, I think you may have to pass to set it all up, but I we're perfectly capable. It's beautiful. It's it's you're not pigeonholed. You have an you you have an identity without question,
3: but you can play it any way the team wants to play it. Meaning how they decide to defend you. Right. And if you've got either eleven or eighty eight at receiver and they emerge into something more, Malik McLean, yeah. Alex Atkins was talking them up today, mm-hmm. or Kentron. You've covered just a a, catch
2: by the way, that Portier catch was unbelievable. Mm -hmm.
3: You cover just about every receiver type possible in this receiving core, which is crazy. You've got the dude physical, yeah. Yep, the dude looks like the red zone threat. And Johnny's more than that, but the dude who looks like the red zone threat. You've got Micah, who is your Swiss Army knife and can be your end around guy, excellent blocker, physical player. Yep. Jakai shot out of a cannon. He is really tough in one on one situations to guard. You got Pokey, who's undersized but speedy, and then McLean and Kentron, who can be those possession-type receivers. Your bona fide six-foot one to six-foot three kind of guys yeah, that just big kids make the big tough catches, create separation. You cover all of your bases in a receiving core. And next year, we think—I mean, I can't imagine you playing them just these last couple of games. Winston Wright returns to the fold. Yeah, and he'll be a
2: player that comes in with a ton of experience. That uh, you know, I kind of have to wait around on him because he's played so many football games, big time college football games. So he'll he'll hit the ground running now that he's finally healthy,
3: and that'll be good. I'm rooting for that kid and another year of seasoning for Deuce Span. You know, so it's just they've gone from having nothing at the position or inexperience at the position at best, which is what you'd argue for McLean, right? To Pokey is now a different dude. McLean hopefully is emerging. I hope that I hope Saturday night was the launching point for him. He's had a couple where you say is this it? Is this the one and it just doesn't happen. So hopefully this time it's it's real. But now they've got more options than they can put on the field at a given time. What a flip of, of one room.
2: Well, and and you know, you think about with the kid that's coming in, obviously, and, and we talk about how many Talented players they already have, so now that room we don't worry about it. We talked about the offensive line two years ago, and they we're gonna have to throw numbers at the problem, and they've seemed to have remedied that situation right now. We talked a little bit about, and, and you know, again, they got emerging players behind this group, so that kind of worked. I think that you know, defensively, we're gonna want to see an uptick uh, in the depth of talent at defensive line uh, and defensive end. You got guys now, but you don't, you're not real deep in talent. There and then, linebackers—the big one—I I think we keep looking at that and knowing that y- you got to get a couple more dudes that you can trust.
3: Yeah, I think at this point, what's funny is you know you might need a prospect at offensive line. Yeah, maybe two if you really have enough space for them uh, in terms of the transfer portal. But last year it was O line, receiver, linebacker. Oh, every- I mean, it was yeah. everything. This year, I think it's defensive end, maybe one. Interior defensive lineman. If you've got a guy, if you can get a guy, the the depth that's coming up the ranks with Daniel Lyons yep. and Bishop Thomas and Tafasi behind Farmer, who's going to be one of those players and, and what Ray can bring yep. you know week in, week out if he's fully healthy, you're set there. It's linebacker and, and corner. I mean these are the places that you need to dip. we, we hard.
2: Su- we suspect that Azary will emerge as a very, very good player. Um, and a consistent player, I think. But yeah, I, I'm a little uneasy at corner, and that's a hard position to fill. It's just a, it's a hard job. It's one of the hardest jobs in modern football, especially where you really aren't allowed to do anything. You can't grab people. I mean, they call interference all the time. Or uh defensive holding all the time those kinds of things so it's hard to find guys that have that skill set the length of the modern player like we look at those hybrids I mean obviously we had it in the form of Jalen Ramsey at one time and we had other corners that we liked a lot but it's very rare to see a a secondary with really any team in America that you go in college where you like man those that's a lockdown group there aren't too many lockdown groups uh Syracuse was missing a really good defensive back and he was one of the best in the ACC. Uh but he's out for the year and that that you know certainly helped us.
3: And the better you get up front, the better you look in the back seven. So that's the other thing too is you know this the secondary is playing a lot better but there's less time to operate. And when Patrick Payton is the third guy you've got to worry about. How about that though? How that's about a it, the emergence
2: of him yep. again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it may be more what you said than what I said, Tom. I I I I still have my question marks about this defense, but they keep answering it resoundingly so every week. And so when you said, no, I think they're better, Jeff. I I think I'm starting to be inclined to believe you. I I think they are better. I I thought they were the byproduct of some pretty bad offenses they've faced lately. And some of that is true. I mean, obviously Syracuse's offense is not great. Georgia Tech's offense is not great. We know Miami's offense is not good, uh, especially given they were banged up at quarterback. But, you don't just dominate people in that manner if you haven't improved. And it's not just like, hey, we held them to, you know, what, this many yards per play or this, the, the point total. They, they are destroying these teams. Like these guys, it's over midway through the second quarter. Like there was at no point were you sitting around going, uh, yeah, Syracuse can come back here. No, this, there's no evidence that Syracuse is coming back here. None.
3: Right. How are they going to string together the drive you, necessary? No, you know? they,
2: they couldn't yeah. do anything. They looked absolutely pathetic.
3: The rallying to the football and the tackling in space, I think, is one thing that's, you know, genuinely gotten so much better. And you see a guy like Renardo Green, and I, I see there's a comment about him in, in the chat, but, you know, the play he makes on Gadsden early in this game, before it really gets settled and decided. You know, in the second quarter, it's pretty much been decided. But before that, it's either they stay on the field or they don't, Syracuse, and Renardo makes a play that he was unable to make against Wake, and he's been our best corner. I'm not trying to downplay what he's done this Mm -hmm. year but that's a sign of improvement that greedy vance is around the football a whole lot more when he first got here it was oh my god if he doesn't grab somebody with both hands and throw him to the ground on every play yeah he's not gonna be anywhere near the receiver well you know what he's closer to the football an awful lot more isn't he and it's not just about tricking somebody in zone he might be one of your better options at slot corner next year who knows so these guys just, there, there is a development going on right now, and confidence plays a large part in it, and so does a better front four.
2: Scott writes, uh, Bernardo Green is a great example of what is happening with this defense. Not a freak, but he's as he learns this D and gets more comfortable, plays more loose and downhill, reminds me of Clifton Abraham. Loved Clifton. Let's give eight some love. Uh, hashtag hit somebody. Yeah. Woo! Well, Listening to the list of players Coach Norvell brought in makes you realize he's at least Jimbo's equal in assessing skill set to system match. It's a good point. It's a good point. And that, well, and if you think uh, back to our praise for him, specific to the transfer portal, nails everyone, seemingly not everyone, but most of the guys that he's responsible for bringing in here and assessing their value from other programs has been spot on.
3: And he's better at culture fits. He's better at finding a culture fit. That's the thing I'd say, is even at the best of times, when Jimbo was recruiting like a madman, and that that 1.0 staff was nasty at recruiting and hitting the trail.
2: He just was so, solely looking for uh, bigger, stronger, faster.
3: You had some problems. Yeah, you did. You you did. Know, it has been it has been mostly quiet.
2: It was brought up this weekend uh, during the A&M game. Yep. They were talking about that locker room is a mess, that the, the culture is shot. And I'm like, "Well, you know, we could have told you guys that." I mean, it, it, he he is a very good recruiter if you're just talking about the ability to look at a player, project what they're going to be, convince them to come to your school. That's all very important. It's an important skill set. He's got it. Jimbo's got that. And then some, but he does not care if you're a fit at all. And he doesn't really care, or he hasn't in the past shown to care too much. Uh, The ratio is built around how fast are you.
3: (laughs) Um, He doesn't really care if you've had problems in high
2: school. Uh, that
3: are warning flags or signs. Well, and to return to Jermaine Johnson for just a moment, what if he was all about himself and he was that talented? You wouldn't blame, at least uh, from the surface, you wouldn't blame Coach Norvell for saying, well, we need a pass rusher. But what if, in all those failures of 0-4, yeah, he's the guy that throws his arms to the sky when there's another blown coverage. Right, right. And I- he and he goes and he takes off his helmet and throws it down to the bench and the coaches have to calm him down and say, look, you're doing your job. He goes, I know I'm doing my job. Tell them to do their job. How many players do you see that are like that? Mm-hmm and that Jermaine wasn't that at 0 and 4 when at that point he'd already kind of put out enough tape if he really wanted to say you know what screw this 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 I'm not getting hurt for this work. yeah right he's the opposite of that
2: big time and from what i understand you know, and and I want to give the kid a lot of credit. Well, he's a grown man, but Dwayne Johnson gets the credit first, right? Okay, he gets the credit for being a really good player and a hard worker and a great example for everybody else and turned morphed into a very good leader. But from what I understand, that was all relatively new and it centered around the way he was coached and talked to here. And that's interesting because he was mature enough to understand that some of the talking points surrounding him had to do with a lack of leadership and a lack of discipline, and he knew the opportunity to come in here given his stature, quite literally his stature, his physical stature. He knew he would come in and play right away. So opportunity to play, Power 5 football at a place that you know people watch, even though we've not been good. And then develop your leadership skills and give the NFL another reason to like you beyond just the stature just the physicality. So he had to be convinced of that. He had to like what Mike said to him, which was, I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to treat you different than everybody else just because you're more talented. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to get better. And he embraced that, and that's cool, and that has in turn certainly rubbed off on a lot of players, and those guys tell these transfer portal candidates, hey, yeah, it it works. It works. He's going to demand a lot of you. It's not always, you know. It's not always arm around you type stuff. He's going to yell at you. He's going to demand you do what they tell you to do. But if you do it, you'll get better. You'll get recognized. You'll improve. And, oh, by the way, now we can add to that list of things. We're winning games. So that, that's a big, big part of it is being able to say, yeah, not only am I making you better, but you can win.
3: Yeah, and you can reliably say that now. And you could turn on, like I've said before, your own tape. You don't have to turn on Memphis tape. Or something else entirely from a different part of your career. Right, you say, right, oh, look at yeah. what we did here. No, yeah. it's look at, hey, hey! I'm going to wear that helmet. Yes, you are, son. We don't have to worry about what Memphis did. This is what we do here at Florida State. This is what we are about.
2: No fan writes, although Mike would never admit it, how many periods this week do you think Travis J. runs scout team quarterback for a certain quarterback in Gainesville? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that happens or not.
3: Um, He was scout team for Malik. I want to say it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, he might. I mean, you can start preparing. It's interesting. I. It kind of runs counter to the mindset that he has on a day-to-day basis, though, to start prepping for Florida this week.
3: Agreed. And even if he did, I'm not sure. Well, we're not allowed to to say anything about that. Yeah,
2: Yeah. we're we're not allowed to talk about it. But yeah, on the
3: post game show after we beat Florida, beat their ass. So let me
2: tell you what we did all week long. Yeah. That's uh, absolutely right. we got to talk to our own Irash Fell of Warchant.com. We'll do that momentarily. It's Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Jeff Cameron, show three three Real Talk Radio, War chance Thank TV. <laughs> oh, oh,
3: man. Should have saved that for the last segment. Yeah. Um, good
2: song. Yeah, by the way, I haven't mentioned it. Uh, obviously, I see some of you brought it up in the chat here. It, it, it is a, a sad story out of Virginia there. Um, for those that don't know, a former University of Virginia football player, um, shot and killed three football players and wounded two other students uh, late, late last night, Um, was on the run for a while. They were able to apprehend him, but uh, either way, obviously, um, that's a horrible, horrible story and tough to read. Um, Lavelle Davis Jr., And junior receiver uh, Devin Chandler and uh, defensive end linebacker uh, Deshaun Perry were the ones who uh, lost their lives. So uh, terrible story out of Virginia there. We wish them well as much as you can. Uh, That said, there's no easy easy way to segue with this. But I I do want to point something out, Tom, that is uh, certainly lighter before we have Ira on. And I don't know if you're aware of it. Um, I only became aware of it because of my children, but now somebody just brought it up in the chat and it made me smile. And this is a a hard right turn from tragedy to something that makes me laugh every single time I hear it. And that is, (laughs) Robert wrote, UF defense is cheeks. (laughs) And I think it's the best. I love that the kids today, for things that are bad... refer refer to them as cheeks, as in butt cheeks, and it just makes me laugh every time. (laughs) And I just like that Robert
3: wanted to point out that the UF defense is cheeks. So I'm dumbfounded here because literally, verbatim, Director Matthew said the same thing during the break. Oh, wow. So now I understand. I feel like, you know, I just got surrounded by cheeks, a couple of cheeks that were telling me. That that's what this. means. My youngest son uses the phrase more does than my old, all the oh, time. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, he does it all be, the time. Uh, let's see. I'm down in Tampa. I think next Wednesday for Thanksgiving. I've got four nieces and nephews total. I'm gonna see. Set the over under count at two and a half for hearing the word cheeks.
2: Well, and they're so proper. I don't know, man. I mean, they're well raised kids. My.
3: <laughs> but that might be code. That might be code enough that you know the parents go what, and I'll just be like, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: That's funny. Well, do it because I want to see if it's. Mashed potatoes
3: are cheeks, Mom. But you.
2: Hopefully, she makes good mashed potatoes. That wouldn't be good. You got to use it. The food
3: at our table is unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. You got to have. The first time I heard it, uh, I had a suspicion that's what he was referring to, but I wasn't sure. And I was like, do kids say that? He's like, oh, yeah. Kids call things cheeks all the time, which still. And I didn't want it to go unnoticed. I wanted I wanted um Sean to get or Robert to get credit for just randomly chopping it popping in the chat and dropping the deep UF defense's cheeks. Although uh, South Carolina's offense may be cheeks too, because uh that was not a good showing. Here's the man. Irash Fell Warchant.com. Hello, Ira. How you doing, Jeff? Well were you aware that the kids use the uh, phrase cheeks when describing things that are bad?
1: man I could if you if you told me it was describing things that were good I wouldn't have known you were wrong so okay so no,
2: uh,
1: I've heard it but I have no idea
2: It just makes me laugh it just makes me laugh. How was the trip
1: buddy? How was Syracuse? Uh, it was good it was good um, Good weather it started to snow though yet last night or yesterday. I didn't leave till Sunday evening and it was starting to snow. So it was getting a little dicey there with the uh, the weather, but it was good to get out of town before that hit. And that uh, uh, no, was good, man. It was good. Uh, the, the, you know, what's weird about Syracuse is it's you know it's not a great environment, obviously, but for a, for watching a football game, it's actually a great environment because you're right there. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. the press box. It looks like they're playing football in your living room. You're like you don't need binoculars. It's just so from that standpoint, it's awesome. You get to see everything. Um, but you know, it it's uh, not. Not a typical college football atmosphere
2: for sure. Well, then you got to see up close and personal that ass beating, and it's yet another and a string of ass beatings. Um, I, I loved your three two one today. Go read it, everybody. warchant.com. Um, yeah, talking big picture stuff, man. Let's stay with that. I, I just he's not only you know we've talked for a while about the flipping of the culture, but he's established a a, a way of practicing and preparing and building, and it's really really impressive. They they play hard for that guy.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I also think, you know, it's, they play hard for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think and it, what's cool about the whole thing is, you know, it really has happened organically. You know, the one of the things I was thinking about is so many coaches, you know, the Urban Meyer, like he's he was a textbook, uh, you know, you know, kick everybody out of the locker room. They got to earn their right, way back in the locker room and just demanding um, all this stuff. It always struck me as odd. A new coach comes in, like the guy at, um, what's his name? The other was in Houston and then went to uh, Texas and bombed. Uh, oh, Herman. Yeah, yeah, Tom Herman. Yeah, yeah. like these guys that go in, they're brand new to a program, but they set all these ridiculous standards, and you have to prove to me you're good enough to be here and all this. And It's like, it's so phony. It works, but it's forced. I mean, like the, the players don't have any choice. If they want to play college football, they have to go away. They have to go along with whatever this guy is ordering. This has been completely different. You know, Mike Norvell, and I think he's said this recently, like he's never asked them to trust him. Like, he just came in and said, I'm going to keep working. And I'm going to do everything I can to make you guys better, and I'm going to help you and put things in place for you guys to have success. And that has developed that trust, but he didn't demand it. He didn't even ask for it. And I think because it's happened organically, I think that's why it's so cool. And I, you know, I heard you talk about it a little bit in the first hour, and Corey wrote about it after the game. Like, it's fun to watch this football team play, and I think a lot of it's because it is organic. It, it wasn't forced by a head coach.
2: Yeah, and, you know, in many ways I wonder if that's because, and and he has said this before at a coaches convention speech I listened to when we first hired Mike Norvell, where he talked about, you know, kind of being raised by football. I, you know, he he gives credit obviously to his mom, but the the male figures in his life were football coaches. And, you know, I, I think that has to come across as incredibly genuine to a lot of guys on this team, right? Like that the the relatability factor to putting it all on the line and getting better every day and going to work and doing something, like having a process to fall back on. Like he's done all of that himself. So when he does it or illustrates it, and, and, and talks about it, it it's probably very, very comes across as very, very genuine to them. And how,
1: how rewarding must it be for him and, and really the whole staff when they see the players doing some of the things they do in terms of watching how they interact on the sideline. You know, today in the press conference, I think John Papuch has mentioned, you know, when you go down to a team meal, guys are sitting in their seats fifteen minutes early. Um, just the way they interact when when the when the defense is on the field or or when the backups are on the field in the fourth quarter and, you know, you see the starters not just sitting on the bench talking or whatever, they're, like, standing on the sideline watching mm-hmm. with each other. Um, I mean, it's got to be incredibly rewarding. But I th- what I do think is an interesting spot right now is, you know, it's not like they're, you know, on the top of the mountaintop, obviously. You know, there's still a team that's, you know, barely in the top 20, and it's a team that, uh, you know, does have three losses this year, and nobody's saying this team is is, is you know, arrived. But at the same time, you, know, you, you want to appreciate how far it's come. It's got to be cool to watch this uh, when they put so much work into it. At the same time, they know that they're nowhere near uh, where they want to be as a program.
2: Yeah, I can only imagine uh, watching, especially guys that maybe were like a tough nut to crack. You know, like right. somebody who wasn't so sure and had been burned, obviously, if they'd been here for a while, they had seen a lot of coming and going with coaches and they weren't real sure that they could trust anybody. And then you see that guy finally take the step to buy in and believe and then help lead others. You're right. And now I think it's an interesting balancing act, too, Ira, as to the larger point we're talking about. You have developed this culture. You have a team that's fun to watch play. They play hard for each other. They play hard for that staff. They play in a way that is absolutely enjoyable to take in as a fan. And now you've got to go about the process of trying to sustain that, and you got to do that in the era of NIL and transfer portal. Right, That's tough, man. It would have been easier the old way. And, and and what I mean by that is when guys didn't have as many choices or money wasn't blatantly th- exchanging hands, you know, I mean, this is going to be a hard thing to sustain. It's built the right way. He keeps talking about that and he's right. But those players have to pass it on to the new ones that come in.
1: Yeah. And, and the dynamics change. You know, every coach will say this. Jimbo used to say it all the time. I'm sure Norvell would say the same thing that, you know, every year, every team has a one year life expectancy. And so just because this team seems to have found that that wonderful place doesn't mean next year's will. Um, because you're going to add in new elements. Some guys will leave, some guys will come. Um, but I do think at this point you have to give them a lot of credit because last year they or two years ago they identified the J Sean Corbins, And last year it was uh, the Jermaine Johnsons and Keir Thomas and you know along the way it was Jamie Robinson and Fabian Lovett, and all those guys. And uh, you know, and some of these guys were mentioning were guys that people had question marks about how they would fit in. Would they be team guys? And they all did. So I think the track record says that they'll be able to do it. Um, But, yeah, the challenges will be different, especially, you know, the stakes get higher. uh, You you start bringing in better players. That changes some dynamics as well. Um, But, man, it's good good to have those problems from from the problem (laughs) we were watching uh, the last few years.
2: Yeah, and I know you referenced it in the column, but I agree. How fun is that Florida State-Florida game going to be? I mean, both have a lot on the line. Both are uh, attempting to take another step forward. Uh, Both are trying to wrestle control from the other when it comes to recruits and who's on the fastest path towards consistent success. So I think that game, and I know we got a game this week with Louisiana, but that game's going to be intense Uh, from a physical standpoint. I think that's going to be the most physical game of the year.
1: and What's cool about it is I think it should be a good game. Like last year's game I thought was a dumpster fire. You know, I mean, it was just both teams kind of stunk. Uh, Florida State's players just kind of lost their minds a little bit more than Florida's players did, and then Jordan Travis got hurt for a little bit. So Florida won the game, but neither of those teams played good at all. Um, but I think both teams have kind of come a long way, and they've got better, you know, uh, things in place now from a coaching staff standpoint. And one more thing I wanted to touch on, you know, with the the big picture stuff and why this is so much fun is, you know, college football has gotten to be very transactional. Um, you know where you've got the between the Nil but then also the thing about like the bowl games and guys who don't play in bowl games anymore because they you know it's just that's not what they're in their best interest. I'm curious to see like this team it's their first bowl game in you know four years and it's a it's a chance it, you know this team, these guys have kind of put this program on the map and I'm not saying that they should be required to want to play in the bowl game if they're if they're guys who are going to the NFL but I'm curious to see how, if that decision is, is more difficult on this team and this year because this team doesn't feel transactional. So much of college football has become transactional, and this team doesn't feel that way. And I think that's going to be something to to watch uh, going to the bowl season. I heard you talking about the bowls uh, in, in, in the earlier hours. Yeah,
2: yeah. And by the way, this question that we got in the chat kind of fits along that narrative, so well, you and I can attempt to answer this. Uh, I, I want to hear your opinion. I've got one, obviously, as well. Tom writes, in the beginning of the Jimbo regime, I believed in him like I do Norvell now. Did Jimbo change, or were we fooled? I'll always appreciate the national title, but was love, trust, and believe in each other just a lie? Uh, I do think he changed for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And and in most of those, uh, to answer your question, Tom, most of those have to do with off-the-field stuff, um... Yeah, he ended up losing the locker room, but I think he lost the locker room because his personal life was in shambles.
1: In the personal life, but then also just his his own letting personal beefs become the focal yes. point mm-hmm. inside the athletic department, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and and all of that as well. And and you know, he got resentful, and you know, it just became a toxic situation. But you know, I think he got you know, I'm not going to get into I can't get into Jimbo's mind, but I think he thought he's got as long as he's got great players, as long as he's calling plays that he could not necessarily have to focus as much on the other stuff anymore because the program was in place well that's not how it works man you you know you right. have to stay on top of guys and you're bringing in new players all the time and once they sense that you're not focused and that you're not dialed in you're not paying attention to what they're doing man you're you're in trouble and I think that happened and it just started to spiral out of control the personal stuff off the field obviously was you know, kerosene.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it it lent itself to uh, that really blowing up in his face. And I also think the other problem there, and final thing on this, I if if you're if you're winning football games because you've recruited really talented players, but you don't hold them to certain standards that you've set in place prior to their arrival, and you ignore it because that person's really good, you you only get to do that once, and have everybody in that locker room look over and realize. That you're not about it. That you're a liar. That that those that the foundation that you talk about is really nothing. Those are just words because you've you've contradicted yourself already.
1: The best example ever, I think, is what happened in Gainesville, with Urban Meyer. You know, I mean, that was he talked tough, um, but by the end of his time there, those players ran the asylum and they hated
2: and- him. <laughs> At the end, they hated him. I mean, I, I was yeah. down on the field to hear them curse him out in a game.
1: So, yeah, man, that's the textbook example. And it it can work in the short term. sure. And, you know, and like you said, Norvell will talk about how he's trying to build this for the long term. And I think that he's never going to come out and say what he's talking about because he doesn't want to, you know, throw stones at other programs. But I think that is it. Like, you can win in the short term by taking a different approach. uh, But it doesn't usually work in the long term. Later, brother. Appreciate you as always. Be good, man. Thanks. See you guys. Yep. Irish
2: Chappelle, Managing Editor. Editor if I could say it, warchant.com Yeah, that could be a book in and of itself I've I i I've got a ton of opinions about that, I, having talked to that guy uh, as much as anybody, certainly in the media, just because I, I began interviewing him when he was just the OC, not even head coach in waiting, just the offensive coordinator and talked to him every week and then when he became the head coach in waiting, then eventually the head coach and you know I watched it all happen And um, but I, I do think that I was right about the personal beefs, but then when you have other stuff going on in your life, and it's it certainly the tragedy that was Monk, Monk Bonnemsworth's passing didn't, didn't help either. So just a lot of things caved all at once, and when it's broken like that, there's, you, there's no setting it back. I mean, it was the culture was done.
3: Oh, it should have been um, a warning we heeded when Jalen Ramsey commented after the Oklahoma State win that I thought it would be that close because we haven't exactly practiced the right way. He was right.
2: Well, and if you, I mean, I know you do. I was beginning to get panicked long Here's the before check my
3: notes. Comment.
2: Oh, I said it to you afterwards. I was like, "What is that?" That bothered me. That was the preseason press conference when he said that. I was like, "Okay, we got a problem on our hands here." I didn't want it to be so, though. You know, you want it. You're like, "No." Well, no. We,
3: and look, if you don't fumble the ball away, and and you know, oh, against Oregon. Nick O'Leary doesn't tweak a hammy in the Rose Bowl. You I mean, might, up. you might win another one. You he might, might win. You
2: might have. Yeah, he he recruited a lot of good, really good players, including the number one pick overall in the draft.
3: Could used Jalen to catch that interception too. He would have walked the.
2: Well, he may not have,
3: but he, he would have been a close. Big game. Yeah, you know yeah, it's
2: kind of important. Jeff Cameron, show out three three, real talk radio, War Warchant TV.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
2: For all your roofing needs, go see my man T-Spark, T-Spark Construction. Best in the business, and uh, they believe in doing things the right way, the safe way. Employees undergo routine safety training and are constantly being educated on new techniques and new materials like becoming a master metal applicator, which is just cool to say every time I say it. And if you consider the new metal roof, speaking of which, uh, they're long-lasting and durable, and T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town at putting them on, call them today, 766-1340. We'll get a free quote today. At tsparkconstruction.com.
3: Not a bad time to check in with old TSpark too, because if you've got a lot of trees on your property, like I do, I had to check and leave the house the one the one afternoon because mm. bam, bam, yeah, large contingent of branches can't so have all that. You don't need that leak that comes with it.
2: Um, yeah, now you got me thinking about the trees in my backyard. <laughs> I know.
3: We actually we were just thinking this weekend, like what major projects do we need to have What's contracted next? out? for the winter because that's a good time to get your trees worked on and things like that.
2: So, now we have a weird week because it's, you know, these last 3 weeks I think we're filled with um, excitement and enthusiasm sure about what we thought potentially could happen, meaning Forest State could win these games and play well. But one of them was a huge rivalry game on the road at night, so you kind of were nervous about that even though we both thought Florida State would roll and roll big. Uh, but then also, you, once you start winning and you're playing well, and you know that's in there, then there's the thought of you have got something to lose. You gotta, you gotta keep building up and and, and get better each week. And they have, and now you're kind of just like, mm, this game.
3: Oh well, that's that's okay though because I'm gonna savor where we are. It's been so long, and if you are an undergrad student that's a junior or senior right now, you're really savoring this moment, and you should when that thing turns around for the first time and i can speak to this i grew up as an ole in the 90s my sure. sister went here in the early 90s so i saw the glory days but as a student we didn't beat our in state rival one time at home when 0-6 you were here, yeah. to 09 yeah o for 4 so when that thing turned around that 2010 team i love that team more than most people that are older than me because i didn't even see the 05 acc championship run yeah. i had nothing yeah a whole lot of nothing it's a win over virginia tech or clemson at home and that's it that's all I had to show for four years in terms of real successes and pro-combat uniforms Ugh. that we wore. Yeah. And that's it. That marked the times. So when it first turns around, there's that extra little little bit of something. And I, I'm happy for all the people that are feeling that. And this weekend's another chance. You only got two more of these home games. Embrace
2: them. Oh, without question. And I'm embracing all the football. Any football that's being played, I'm, I mean, I'm well aware that it is late in the second half. <laughs> We've got to take in as many games as possible and – you know, I know. Uh, you know, I talked about this yesterday on the smash. But did you did you get to go back and watch that Minnesota Buffalo game?
3: I did, and you know what really it's a crazy game grinds my gears is <laughs> I, when I took the nap. There was I think three minutes and forty seconds to go in the third quarter, and that's right when everything started. That's when the whole story took a different turn. And if I had just stayed up five more minutes, I would have stayed up and seen the whole game.
2: That game was insane, and I kept I, kept, I was telling uh I was telling, you know, the kids, uh, hey, we'll go. They wanted to play basketball, and they're like, let's go play basketball. Let's go play basketball. And I'm like, I will in a second. Just let me see if Minnesota scores on this drive, because if they don't, it's over. And then they did, and then I was like, okay, okay well, well, hold on. And then Bryce got into it. it. Was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. And then he sat down. And the next thing I know, my wife was watching. The game. That's when you know it's a good game. My wife's like, really? They're about to tie it up. Yes, look at this. This is amazing. But I don't remember the last time I saw a play like so. Right before the, the Allen fumble in the end zone, when they're just trying to run out the clock to win the game, it's just bizarre, that that whole thing, I turned to Bryce and said some coaches in this situation would take a safety. And I knew he didn't know that because he hasn't watched enough football to know that. He was like, why? Why would you do that? I'm like, well, because this is kind of a dangerous situation here on your inch line. Um, if you're up by four in this situation, you could take the safety and it allows you a free kick. And I was explaining that, you know, you, you could probably trust yourself to play decent defense. Uh, they're out of timeouts you know, for 37 seconds. You could probably do that. But I said that I don't know how many people are going to do that anymore. And he said, why? I said, well, Kansas City-Buffalo last year tells you that you need, what, 17 seconds?
3: Right. And, and <laughs> even though it's uh, a winter storm, kickers these days, too. I mean, punters. Yeah. How about what we saw in Germany yesterday where it's just a oh, 60-plus-yard punt show? Now kickers, 56, doesn't feel like it used to. When uh, when I was growing up, fifty six. Oh, there's it, no yeah, way it was a big and deal. And now fifty six is, yeah, probably that's going in. Probably
2: it was it was crazy watching that play out, and I I was I was I was thoroughly uh, entertained, and it made me smile ear to ear to watch the number of good plays made on both sides. The Jefferson catch is insane.
3: Well, that's the thing, is, and, and it's kind of apropos for the Vikings contingent out there because Stephon Diggs makes a brilliant one-handed oh, catch yes earlier in the game, but Jefferson makes a better one, yeah. and the symmetry of Diggs being traded for the pick that they spent on Jefferson, it's an upgrade. Even though one's really good, yeah, the other yeah, is yeah, better. Yeah. yeah, But that game, in watching the condensed form of it, it's a compilation of great football plays and then wacky nonsense things, strange things that come like out, like yeah. the fumble in the end zone or three possessions inside the five yard line that end up in zero points total mm-hmm. between the two teams. Yeah, and a non-review on the on the Davis catch,
2: which is really surprising. The NFL will they ought to be embarrassed by that. I mean that it's not hard that you you end up putting yourself in a position to have to answer for conspiracy theories, and you hate that. Because I think it's just a mistake, but you could see where somebody would be like, really? They review everything. How the hell do they not review that?
3: So yeah. And a missed extra point, too. I'd also throw that in there. But well, what, what's right. interesting from Minnesota's perspective, and that's in my home, so I get that perspective more than, say, Buffalo's. Right, right. Hawkinson does make a difference in that offense. Oh, yeah. A big-time difference in that offense. Yeah, and he
2: doesn't look like he should be good. <laughs> Every time I look at that dude, I'm like, look at this doofus, making another play. It's always, look at this uh, doofus making yet another play. got
3: interfered with after the OPI yeah. on that third down throw into the end zone. That should be first and goal of the one to turn it into a field. There's just so many moments in that game. We'd be lucky if the Super Bowl was 80% as good as that. It was great. It was
2: great. Uh, Tallulah, my friends, my
3: partners who sponsored this, the final segment
2: of the program, go get you some mushrooms, go float over off a
3: of railroad square. Somebody requested the touchdown uh, otter here. Mm-hmm with the Deckerhoff for the touchdown and the watch alongs and I think we are going to Oh, they're going to get that. Yeah, we're going to make be that the happen, Background right? for Gene.
2: So, that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, you can go float over there in Railroad Square. I've done it and I can attest to the fact that it is incredibly relaxing, rewarding, and you do feel better afterwards. You do. Your uh, muscles are able to relax and uh, it eases like joint pain, all that good stuff. So, uh, I, I was, I don't know if I was suspicious, but I didn't know what to expect. And I just got to tell you, I really liked it. Uh, THC, CBD, all the good stuff there, uh, all legal. And the juices are really good. I got to tell you that the juices are delicious. I love their juices
3: feels like a week for a lot of good juices just to, i think you know, you're right yeah you got this matchup instead of the gators and then you know thanksgiving being what it is Relaxed, for indulgences but yeah right yeah this is probably a good, this week, is to good reset. week
2: to reset right who's the monday night football game tonight i didn't even bother to look oh the it's eagles, your eagles and uh, right? the
3: polygons yeah
2: all right well that should be an ass kicking but you never know might get a good game may have a reason to stay up and watch Hopefully not. Hopefully the Eagles are up big and I'll just go to bed.
3: With Philly's schedule, they could take a night off and it wouldn't matter. So maybe they will tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, with Dallas having dropped one against Green Bay, cost me dearly.
3: I know. You were watching it very closely at the end of Smash. Yes. And we had to.
2: It was 28-14, yeah. to 14, Tom, mm. in the fourth quarter. The game was over.
3: What did they do? Did they uh, throw a pass to Dak Prescott from uh, no, Tony they, Pollard? No and have it picked off (laughs) no
2: no dak just kind of sucks and did again and threw a an insane pick that's like uh, I i don't know
3: man it was something what was more baffling yesterday because I know that the obvious answer is Fournette throwing the, the pick. To, <laughs> yeah,
2: the, 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 the play call but, for Fournette to throw a pass to Tom Brady or the Tom Brady interception. I, that
3: one was actually more makes, stunning makes to me. Zero that sense. was more stunning
2: to Run me. Run the ball twice, punt, win, over. That's it. That's all. Thanks for playing. That's all they had to do. And he throws that pick, and I'm like, that's what we're doing out here. And then I knew, like, did did you think for a second we were going to get a stop there? No. no.
3: And Geno makes two unbelievable oh,
2: didn't plays. Oh, insane. That fourth down throw is ridiculous. And he caught it. I'm like, surely this replay is going to show he didn't catch that. He did. That's son of a...
3: But you know what? The NFL in, in Germany works. Oh, those, my God. Those fans that were incredible. Move every London game to Germany yeah, and here.
2: Do it from here on out. Those fans were fantastic. They loved it. I don't know why it's was so heartwarming to hear a bunch of Germans singing, Take Me Home country road but it was it was good work that's out of the, you that's
3: the day we won the war finally <laughs>
2: good, good work uh, director matthew as well be well everybody in the talk, coop tonight in the coop tonight good stuff as always we'll talk to you tomorrow